Hello, this is Demi from the future, me after we recorded this amazing episode with Sophie Thorne. I believe Sophie was the best person to actually conclude this season of interviews. Yes, this is the last interview of the season and I know I should be sad about it but I'm actually not because I'm so excited to bring you new and amazing guests in the next season. First of all, I want to thank you so much for your support and for listening every single week. I'm so, so grateful. And before we get into today's episode, I really, really want to make sure that you know that I love you all and I'm really happy to have a community like you supporting me. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. So let's get this into this episode with Sophie Thorne. Today's episode is brought to you by SheWins Membership, our private members club that helps you cut through the online marketing noise so that you can build a brand that stands out and have a profitable and thriving business. Within this membership, we provide you with the tools, systems, and strategies that will help you build the business of your dreams. So if you want to join the SheWins Membership, then head over to SheWinsMastermind.com slash membership and that's she wins mastermind.com slash membership welcome to the she wins podcast the business entrepreneurship and lifestyle podcast for you to get the tools the tips and the knowledge to start and grow a profitable and thriving business every week we welcome amazing women from all over the world and they share with you their stories and their journey but also amazing tips for you to grow your business. My name is Fatia and I'm your host. So let's get into today's episode. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to today's episode. Hope you're all doing great. Hope you're all doing amazing. And as you can hear from my voice, I'm really excited today because today we're talking about scaling your business. And as you know, we actually never talked about this topic before. So today I have Sophie on this podcast and I'm, oh my God, so excited for you to hear all the value that she's going to be sharing today. Sophie is a serial entrepreneur and business strategist who help women make that shift from solopreneurs to CEO. And I know that a lot of you are actually looking for this. You know, you've been working hard on starting a business and growing a business, and now you're thinking, how can I actually scale a business? Then this episode is for you. So I'm not gonna tell you much more about her because she's here with me and she's gonna tell you all about her story, how she started, what she went through, how she overcome everything. And I'm really excited for you to hear this episode. Thank you so much for being here, Sophie. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. (laughs) So yeah, let's tell our listeners a little bit about how you got started and why you actually got started into entrepreneurship and building your business. Yeah, I know. I'd love to share my story. So I worked in corporate for eight years and I decided to leave corporate. I'm not a very good employee. I don't like to do what other people tell me. And I didn't enjoy the the lifestyle that the, the corporate world brought to me. So I decided to leave that to set up, scale and subsequently exit a successful e-commerce business. 
we were sort of having a bit of a discussion before we hit record and I was saying I really learned what works and what doesn't in the process. Yeah. So there were lots of mistakes that I made along the way, lots of things that I wish I'd done differently, lots of things that I subsequently learned weren't the right way to do things. Yeah. And so when I, I sort of had that experience and I wanted to take that experience to help other women to launch and scale their businesses successfully without all of the mistakes that that I've made. And I'm now lucky enough to have my current business, which is a multiple six-figure service-based business with multiple revenue streams that allows me to to work from anywhere. And I strongly believe that that any woman, I, I predominantly work with women who wants to have that should should be able and allowed to have that too. And, and, and so that's kind of very much my why. Yeah, and I really agree with that. And I really love when someone, you know, passion comes from their experience because I think that's the best way to bring in value to people. And I would like to ask you, just out of curiosity, what was your e-commerce about? What were you selling? Yeah, so I was selling lingerie, so bit rogue, very different to what I do now. I um, love swimwear and underwear. And at the time when I, I left my, my corporate business, I honestly wasn't sure what to do. I knew I wanted to have a startup, but I wasn't sure what to do. My husband asked me, you know, what, what do you love? What do you love buying? What are you passionate about? And I said, I love swimwear and I love underwear. So that, that's the business that I launched. So I knew absolutely nothing. I, I've never worked in fashion. I'd never done any kind of degrees, nothing, nothing, nothing. But, you know, good old Google, I, I learned along the way um, and, and had lots of fun doing it. Yeah. So you actually left your corporate job like before even starting your business. I did. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I, I, yeah, I, I took the leap and I don't honestly, I don't necessarily recommend that everyone does that. I'm a big believer with hindsight. I'm a big believer now in encouraging people to use their weekends and their evenings and their lunch breaks to test ideas before they, they make the leap. And I work with plenty of women now who have very successful businesses as side hustles and they're transitioning to that. But the time person, I think I'd sort of reached my wits end I was ready to leave and so I thought I'm just gonna do it (laughs) I kind of did the same as well I literally left even because I was trying to build it on the side and then I realized that because I had the option of having a job I wasn't taking it that seriously so I was just like I'm just gonna leave and like literally put my all into it But then after all, it was a lot of struggling, a lot of, you know, (laughs) trying to get there, frustration and all this. It's actually very interesting what you're saying now. Like you're like, yeah, start it on the side and then, you know, make your way through doing it full time. So I think that's interesting. So let's talk about actually scaling your business because that's what you're specialized in. And I'm really excited about this and I want to hear all about it. So let's start from what do you need to actually scale a business and when do you think it's right to start thinking about scaling a business? That's a great question. I love that question. So I'm going to start with the second, the second part of the question yeah. first. When do I think it's right to scale? You need to have a proven idea in order to scale it. So the starting point is having tested your idea and it doesn't need to be with hundreds of people, by the way, but having tested your idea, know that it's got some traction and then we look to scale. Having said that, the the signature framework that that I use and, and the components to scaling a business should be implemented, in my opinion, right at the beginning. Because if you don't have the right strategy in place at the beginning, or you don't have the basics of the systems at the beginning, it becomes really, really hard to scale when you are ready or 
I'm going to say worse, very much in air quotes, that if you get successful despite yourself, and, and this I've seen this happen before, maybe, you know, a celebrity features you on their Instagram page, or you get interviewed in a podcast and it blows up or whatever, you then don't have the systems and the strategy and the setup in place in order to deal with that you then get negative reviews or you can't deliver as well and it becomes unfortunately a negative spiral so i think you need to be set up right at the beginning to expect hundreds of customers through the door even if that seems really far off for you i i I like what you said because i'm all about this i'm all about saying to my clients to my students that you need to you need to start your business thinking about the future how big do you want your business to be? Like if you're planning for your business to be big, then start planning for it right now. Start creating the strategies, the system, start organizing like, you know, like you're building a business that doesn't require you. So if, that's, if you're sick or something happens and someone else come within your business, they can actually take over without you actually struggling. So build a business that doesn't need you. It sounds great. Like I love hearing that. What are these three steps that you think you need to take in order to scale? So I think there are, the first one is mindset. I know we kind of always talk about mindset. I'm sure you talk about mindset a lot. It, it's, it's important. So. Yeah, it's like people get really bored by hearing about mindset, but the one thing holding you back from a bigger business is yourself. Yeah. Is It might be money mindset, it might be self-worth, it might be something entirely different. There's no wrong or right. We've all been there. We're all still there. You know, yeah. I deal with mindset issues on a daily basis. I'm sure you do too. Yeah. But if you can't get your mindset right, it becomes absolutely impossible to then take the next steps. So mindset is definitely number one. The second one is strategy. So understanding where you are now and where you want to go. So I encourage my clients to set something that I call a moonshot goal. So a 10 to 15 year really ambitious goal. And then your strategy builds your line of sight to get from where you are now to your moonshot goal. So you effectively figure out the steps that you need to take to get to where you want to go you figure out what's working what's not working you figure out what you need to do what you don't need to do and that then becomes your strategy so that's kind of pillar number two and pillar number three we've we've touched on it already is systems Mm -hmm. and systems doesn't necessarily always need to mean tech and automation although they're obviously brilliant it means having systems to get more clients through the door it means having systems to convert those clients who who come do discovery calls or download your your opt-in it means having delivery mechanisms so when a client enters their payment detail things you know happen if you will automatically it means you being able to deliver your service sell your services and deliver your services without you being chained to your laptop and and systems for me are are super important and a, a subcategory if you will of systems that I recognize um not everyone will be at this stage right now is hiring a team hiring people to do the things that you shouldn't be doing so I guess when we talk about systems we talk about people as well Hmm. so yeah let's actually go to the system part so you're saying system someone imagine someone is just starting their business oh actually they just start but they're kind of growing right now and they're like oh I think I should scale and I have few systems in place. What's the next step that I should take right now? What should I do? Mm-hmm. So it will depend on the systems that you have in place. I think 
you want to balance the sales systems and the delivery systems. Mm. So for example, a sales system could be if you know that um, a particular funnel works really well, so a particular way of converting clients who don't know you into to clients that want to work with you works really well, you could maybe create um, uh, Facebook ads, for example, to lead yeah. more people to, to kind of have a discovery call. So that, that's the kind of the, the systems on the sales side. And then what you want to do is start automating it, having a calendar links that people can automatically book into your calendar, having an automated email that goes out to them confirming, after the call, maybe another automated email or maybe a template that tells them, um, you know, that gives them the details they need and gives them the payment link. So that's on that side. And on the delivery side, it's understanding what you can outsource. Are there some administrative tasks that you shouldn't be able to do? And likewise, what you should automate. So the process that I take my clients through is I say, map out all of your processes, map out the things that you're doing in your business and figure out what's automated, what's not automated, what's delegated, what's not delegated. And then I ask clients to do a an exercise where they figure out what could be eliminated. And that is super important. What do you not need to do anymore? Because we all start doing things at the beginning that we don't need to do longer term. And that's okay, right? We all do things that aren't scalable at the beginning. And that, that's the way to start a business. So, so you know, absolutely that's absolutely fine but you need to learn what you shouldn't be doing as you grow so what can you eliminate what can you automate and as i said it doesn't always have to be tech but you want to think about what could happen automatically or, or whatever and then eventually what can you delegate so no matter where you are in your business even if you're right at that beginning start doing that exercise and i encourage people to to repeat that exercise on a quarterly basis because your business changes it grows things happen covid is a case employment of course and so you just decide kind of you you keep revisiting it and you keep um tweaking it until you're at a fully optimized business yeah and before i remember you mentioned that you let your client actually set up this uh, how did you call it? Moon Moonshot goal. Moonshot goal. And I, I, I was like, oh, that's interesting. And the name. <laughs> and the fact that you let them think like long term, 10, 15 years. So when what usually happens when your clients think about these big goals? What do they think about them? I'm actually curious. Do they say, Oh, yeah. I can't, I don't think this is actually gonna happen? Or do they, do you think they actually dream small? What happens? That's a, such a great question. It, it ties into that mindset piece, right? So people really struggle with that question and people do think small. And I, I have to cajole and push and, and challenge and play devil's advocate because I think it's, it's very difficult. What I really encourage anyone listening to do if they want to set a moonshot goal is not to do what is called the future forward approach. I am here today on, on recording this on the 17th of September. I'm here on the 17th of September. And if I close my eyes, I can imagine I will be in X place in, in 10 years time. What you want to do is forget where you are right now, forget the reality of your existing situation and just go wild with your dreams. Just write down everything you could possibly want because the whole point about the process is we then work backwards to see how you can get there. But if you limit yourself, which is you correctly kind of uh, alluded to, people do, 
you end up, you'll reach it, which is phenomenal, but you could have done 10 times more, 20 times more. There's that quote, I'm going to butcher it because I can't remember exactly either who said it or exactly the quote itself, but there's that, we underestimate how much we can get done in a day, um, but we overestimate how much we can get done in a day, but underestimate how much we can get done in a year. And it's that, I think people people don't quite realise, to do this on a daily basis are always too long, but a a year is a very long time. We've got 365 days to do something and and 10 years is even longer so I really do encourage people to think very very big when they do that moonshot goal yeah and you know I I, I was having this conversation not long ago in a networking event and there was this lady that wanted to scale she was like I want to scale to 100k every single month and she actually had a good business already and we were like talking and then there was a lady was like oh my god you actually can actually do that today but she didn't realize because she was, she kept thinking, oh, it's going to take me five more years before I can actually make the 100K a year. So that that's very, that's a good exercise to be doing. Even for, for everyone listening right now, even if you're at the beginning of your business, start exercising this, start, you know, dreaming, you know, just stop limiting yourself because I think that's something that we all do at the end of the day because we look at where we are today and we kind of think like it's impossible for us to get to like you know where our, our dreams are like or where we see other people going and we're like oh no, it's gonna take me 20 years to get there or probably I'm never gonna get there so I think like it's actually a good exercise to do so let's talk about actually scaling to six figures and beyond because that's what you focus on with your clients isn't it so everyone that's listening right now that's what Sophie uh, focuses on like how can I get to that level where I'm, I'm making six figures and beyond so what I, what does it take what should you what someone need to do in order to be um reaching those numbers like what does mm-hmm. it requires about obviously working on your mindset systemizing automating what else do you think is required in order to uh you know get to that level and have that income yeah, absolutely. So obviously, by set, we, we've covered that already. The big thing, and and it's surprisingly simple, but it, but I recognise that it's hard to implement, is understanding what's working and what's not working. Mm-hmm. And the second part of that, which is the hardest part, is getting rid of the things that aren't working. Yeah. So it's looking at, for example, where your money comes from. Mm-hmm who you know who's buying those various services how much is it bringing in how much effort does it take it is really analyzing all of that so you truly understand what is working in your business what's not working in your business and you get rid of the things that aren't working and you've got to be really really ruthless at that point and you double down on the things that are working and by using the things that are working and growing them exponentially you can double and triple your income really quickly so it's actually quite a quick win the difficulty is people say oh but I've been you know I've been selling this service for you know since the beginning of my business or oh but I love working with those kind of clients even if you know it doesn't bring in much money so that's why that mindset piece is so important but in terms of a very practical exercise what I encourage people to do is to write down all of your revenue streams and write down how much money it's bringing in how much time it takes you and how much it is costing you if there are any um, costs associated to it and just that will start to give you an idea of the things that you should probably draw a a line through and the things that you want to be doing more of. Mm -hmm. So um, obviously you 
obvious told us what are the right things to do. So let's talk about the mistakes that you see people do the most. So the biggest, biggest, biggest mistake that people make is using hourly rates as some kind of starting point for their pricing. So, I mean, actually, I'll, I'll take even a step back. The biggest mistake people make is not charging enough. And so, the, you know, what I see a lot is that people are brilliant at what they do. They're experts. They've spent years training. They've had really great successes with their clients. And they just don't charge enough. And this goes just as much for service-based businesses as product-based businesses. You know, I've got clients who hand make things and then sell them for hardly anything. So really, and again, I'm afraid it comes back to mindset and money mindset, but yeah. really the biggest people, biggest mistake that people make is not charging enough for their services or their products. And it then becomes impossible to scale if you're not bringing enough enough money. If you're not making ends meet, you can't start outsourcing things. You can't start reinvesting in your business. So it really that the pricing strategy becomes so key to, to everything else. And that's definitely the biggest mistake that people make. Yeah. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. Like, of course, if you if you don't have enough money, you can't afford a lot of things. And in order, we know that in order to grow a business, you need to grow as an individual, you need to uh, invest in yourself, you need to learn, and all this costs money. So if you don't have enough money, you're probably never going to grow. So yeah, that, that actually makes sense. So let's talk about Let's go a little bit back in time and talk about what you had to overcome. What were the struggles? Because you actually talked about starting an e-commerce business at the beginning. So what do you think you learned from that business? What were the things that you struggled with as well? So... I definitely, the, the first time I set up a business, it was obviously the first time. So I didn't yeah. know what I was doing. And I, despite my background as a strategic consultant and despite knowing better, if you will, I definitely didn't set up the business for the kind of life and business that I wanted to have. So the biggest mistake I made was not having a strategy which then allowed me to figure out what should I be doing what should I not be doing what should I delegate what should I not delegate and as a result I ended up working I was working maybe like 90 hour weeks minimum I was sending off orders at midnight I was working weekends I was working during my holidays and I'm I'm certainly not not proud of this but I think it's really important to learn from from my mistakes and the reason was I had not set the business up in a way that allowed me to have the kind of freedom and flexibility that I wanted Mm. which was ironic because it was freedom and flexibility that had pushed me to set up the business yeah. in the first place and and of course I see it a lot with clients and I'm, I'm sure you miss too that we we want something we're really clear on what we want but with the actions we're taking don't necessarily reflect That's that true. so I really had to um and I really had to sort of look at myself in the mirror and, and, and say to myself okay well if this is what you want and this is the life you want and this is the kind of business you want what do you do need to do in order to get there and it's from there that I learned what works and what doesn't and I developed this framework that, that I'm now of course of course teaching um, but yeah. I definitely learned the hard way yeah definitely so for people that have an e-commerce business right now yeah what are your top three advice that you want to give to them so focus on revenue generating activities i it's very easy when you've got a product-based business to be doing all of the things the social media the product development customer service 
And if you do all of the things, you're effectively effectively doing none of the things very well. So as the CEO of an e-commerce business, even if you're a one man or a one woman band, you really need to be focused on how you can generate more sales. So what are the things that only you should be doing? And what are the things that you can get rid of? And so, you know, one of the first things you want to do is look to outsource the delivery and customer service element you know as soon as you no longer have to do that in your living room you need to you need to get rid of that you then want some kind of generic assistant and actually this goes for all businesses i really think the first proper hire that any business should make should be a a virtual assistant of some kind because they can just mop up all of the things that honestly that you shouldn't be doing and then you as the the ceo you know you really just focus on how can you make more sales because with the more sales we've said it before you make more money and with that more money you can reinvest in the growth whether that's in more product or whether that's in, in in staff yeah yeah let's move into my what i call speedy questions and these are questions that allow people to get to know you better but also to you know to get something else from you so the first question is what's the best app or software they use in your business your favorite one asana by a country mile so i my team and i use asana to manage all of our tasks and it just it's life-changing i even use it sort of personally to manage my tasks and it is just absolutely life-changing so highly highly recommend that's great. Do you have a second one that you want to share with us? Slack is probably my second one. So Slack is the uh, app that I use to communicate with my team, but it's also the app that I use to communicate with the ladies in my group program. And I just love, I, A, I really like separating sort of work and play, if you will. So my friends and family, we WhatsApp, we don't Slack. So it's quite nice to kind of have that separation. So I, I don't go on WhatsApp during my working day, but I will go into Slack. And I just love to have those. I'm, I'm a real people person. I just love to have kind of those touch points with, with, my, um, with my clients. And if I can add a cheeky bonus one, I also use Voxer with my one-to-one VIP clients, which I adore. It's an audio voice noting app. And I'm, again, I, like, I love a good voice note. So it's really nice to be able to use a combination of Slack and Voxer to stay in touch with my clients, but to do so on my own terms. I like to keep things out of my inbox. I like to keep things out of kind of what I call my personal apps, things like WhatsApp. And so it's really nice to kind of have that separation. Yeah, I I love Slack too. I'm a fan. And I also love the fact that you can integrate so much in Slack. Like when you're working, like you have everything, like all my calendars, everything, like you can integrate everything. So you know that everything you're doing it in one place. Like if you're working, you don't have to open hundred pages. Oh, I agree. That's what yeah. I used to do. It used to yeah. be crazy. And I open like so many pages and I have to move between pages. But now that I use Slack on more like a regular basis, I can keep everything in one place, be more organized and automatically more productive. Yeah, so, definitely. I'm all about what, efficiency. So I'm a, I'm yeah. a believer in that too. Yeah. So what's the biggest lesson that you've learned in your entrepreneurship journey? to trust myself to trust in my intuition to i don't always know better and obviously as as someone who works with with um less experienced entrepreneurs i'm a big believer in in coaches and and hiring people and, and masterminds and all of those things but it's really important to build a business that you love and that business isn't going to look the same as so-and-so's business or so-and-so's business. It is your business. And I think that it is so important to tap into 
ourselves tap into that intuition and really understand what's going to make us happy we'll understand what's going to make us fulfilled understand what success means to us mm. and i've any mistakes that i've made particularly actually in in my second business have all been around not trusting myself thinking yeah. maybe that i didn't know so maybe i needed to hire someone or maybe i should do what so and so is doing or mm. said because i don't have experience in that and every time honestly every time i wish i'd just done it my way even if my way wasn't the right way i think yeah. it's important for us to step in and, and almost make our own mistakes do our own things so yeah trusting your gut trusting your intuition definitely the biggest learning and, and something i keep having to remind myself of because it's very easy to uh, i think we're all familiar with with imposter syndrome or, or mindset blocks it's very e easy to think that someone else knows better yeah. it's definitely the biggest learning and what's the biggest advice you've ever received? Slightly related to that, it's around building a business on your own terms. I work with hundreds of women. I have worked with, you know, huge conglomerates as a corporate. I've worked with tiny, you know, businesses starting from someone's kitchen table across a multitude of industries. So many of them are incredibly successful and generate the kind of money that people want them to make and the kind of freedom that people need and make people very happy. And I swear, no two business that I've ever worked with is the same. And I'm, I'm sure you must be the same. And I, I just think, you know, I you read about these things like, you know, do life on your own terms, build yeah. things your own way. And it kind of feels a little trite almost. Yeah. But now that I'm in it and I realize that, oh yeah, I can make, you know, I can have the kind of success that I want and do it completely differently to the way you're doing it, for example, mm -hmm. the way someone else is doing it. That has been, that's definitely been the best advice that, that I've ever received. And also is probably the best advice that I could give anyone else. Yeah. Because it's particularly in the Instagram world, it's so easy to look at everyone else's highlight reel and what everyone else is doing. And there isn't a right way. And I say this as a business strategist, right? Every, uh, the building blocks of the strategy that I work with, work my with my clients, I, are the same, you know, the, the main headings, if you will, when we talk about moonshot goals, I do moonshot goals with everyone, whether they're newbies, six figures, multiple six figures or seven figures. Yeah. But what they answer for each of those things is different. And therefore the plan to get there is different and the way to get there is different. And they're all going to get there. I have no doubt about that. So I think it is just so important to do it your way, stay in your lane, you know, whatever, whatever the right expression is, you know, that yeah. there's no right or wrong way. Yeah, and also because we all have different personalities, we all have um, different lives, like someone might have kids and a family, someone might be single, we all have different times that we can dedicate to our business, so it's, I think that's very important, actually. Um, yeah, next question is, do you have a mantra or a quote that you live by? I do, yes. It's my quote that I live by is all we have is now I've got it on the on the back of uh, you know on the sort of screensaver on my phone so I see it every day and for me it's about living in the present moment enjoying the present moment so it's not necessarily a, a business mantra if you will I guess it's about life in general but I uh, it's really it's not something I've done 
it's not something I've done very easily and it's something I still struggle with mm -hmm. this I think high achievers are often like this like what's the next thing that I can do like you know all the you know and, and kind of constantly looking ahead and I've really worked incredibly hard to to cultivate mindfulness and, and you know being in that present moment and that all we have is now statement for me is just so important in reminding myself that what's important right now is this this conversation with you and I is what's important right now it doesn't matter what's happening afterwards it doesn't want to matter what's happening later and I really really try and do that and that's been it's really revolutionized my my personal life in terms of my enjoyment of spending time with people or watching a movie or whatever it is I feel really present in that moment I've become a a big proponent of, of monotasking so the very much the opposite of multitasking and just doing one thing at a time but it's also made a big difference in my business because it means that I actually stop and celebrate the wins and I appreciate what I've achieved whilst also of course striving for something else but I can actually stop pause and celebrate where I'm at and I think that's incredibly important yeah, I, I, I love that. I love what you said because I'm a huge fan of focusing on one thing at a time as well. But I love that because it gives you less anxiety. Because as business owners, sometimes we're like, I need to do that tomorrow. I need to get that deadline done. I need to do that. So every time, even if you're doing something nice, you're kind of focusing on the future and the things that you need to do. You can't really enjoy what you're actually going through. If you're on a holiday, you're thinking, oh, yeah, in a week, I need to do that. I have that client. I have that deadline. I need to speak with my team. And then you get so worried and you have anxiety and all this stuff. But it's actually a good mantra that helps you stay in the moment and actually enjoy the moment because today is important. Yeah. And do you have a book that changed everything for you that you read and you're like, wow, this changed everything for me? So I'm going to mention two, if that's okay. The first one for me was Tim Ferriss's The Four Hour Work Week. I read it when I was still in, in, a, in my corporate job and it was the first time I realized that you could do something differently, that you could do something else. I... You know, when I was at school, they encouraged me to apply to university. When I was at university, they applied, encouraged me to apply to a job. It really felt like there was only one way. And even when you are thinking about what job to apply to, you get this quite short list of, of, of career possibilities, you know, doctor, lawyer, you know, management consultant, whatever it might be. So I didn't really realize there was a different way of doing it. I didn't realize that there was a, 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 yeah, another way. So Tim Ferriss's four hour work, we really changed the game for me. And I've reread it since and, and learned different lessons from it. But at the time, it was the catalyst I needed to realize that I didn't have to work for someone else or there was another way or yeah, exactly. Definitely my wake up call. And the second book, if I, if I may have a second book, the second book that's really changed the game for me is the E-Myth by Michael Gerber. So that book is really, you know, and I really, anyone listening, I really encourage you to read it. It is, it's a very practical book about scaling your business and it, it really, it really sort of takes you through how you get from that kind of point about barely making ends meet to being able to have a very successful and scalable business. And it helped me to, to scale my first business and has become the basis of the, the foundations that, that I now teach my clients. And it really is, is, it's just a phenomenal book when it comes to wanting to grow a business. Yeah. So we're going to put in the show notes and make sure that you go and read it. You know, you're probably going to learn 
maybe even more lessons than Sophie learned. So thank you so much, Sophie, for being with us on this episode. How can our listeners connect with you? Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure to have this conversation. So I hang out mostly on Instagram. So my handle there is Mrs. Sophie Thorne with an E. And otherwise, my website is sophiethorne.co.uk. And we're going to have all these details in the description. So make sure you connect with Sophie, ask her your questions, because I believe asking questions is like the most important thing. If you don't ask, you don't get. I always say, I always say that. So even if you just have a question, just reach out to Sophie, ask her your question. You don't have to be, um, you know, you maybe you're thinking, oh, I want to scale, but I'm not sure. Just ask Sophie. She's specialized in this. So don't Google it. Don't go on YouTube watching long videos and then get more confused go and ask someone that is specialized about it isn't it so yeah just reach out to sophie connect with her and thank you so much for being on this episode and sharing so much value sophie thank you if you enjoyed today's episode make sure you take a screenshot and tag us on instagram at she wins mastermind and also share and review this podcast we love you and we appreciate you last thing but not least if you want to join the she wins club tribe or membership make sure you head over to shewinsmastermind.com and join the tribe make sure you register and join us thank you so much for listening and see you in the next episode